Hey guys, I'm Jules, and we are going to talk today about the people who keep us safe, our armed servicemen and women, and our first responders. You know, they face stress and trauma on a daily basis, oftentimes internalizing it, and the ones whose job to keep us safe are the last to ask for help. That's where Reboot Alliance comes into play. John Dale with Reboot Alliance joins us on this next episode of the Jewel Show podcast. And John, tell us a little bit about Reboot Alliance. Yes, Reboot Alliance is a nonprofit that helps military and first responders and their families heal from the moral and spiritual wounds of service-related trauma. Well, I appreciate you coming in and being here with us. Thank and, you. Glad to be here. Um, really kind of shining a light on this problem mm -hmm. because I think, you know, when I get into a wreck or when I have to call 911 or when um, I see um, our uh, military uh, men and women go off, I'll be honest, I don't think about what they are going through mm -hmm. and the needs that they have. Right. And there's, there's some aspect of that, that we don't, we don't want the people to have to worry about that. Um, mm. but we, as veterans and first responders don't always know that toll that it's going to take on us when we're finished with our shift or when we come back from a deployment. Okay. And so John, um, tell the listeners, because you know, firsthand, um, being in the national guard yourself. Right. And a first responder as well. And so a first responder. I, and so you, you, when you say that, like, I have no idea, you know, when you start your shift or when you get deployed, the toll that it's going to take, do you know that personally? Like when you went on your first deployment and um, when you signed up to be a first responder? No, I, I don't think I had any idea what, what toll that was going to take on my own life. And then uh, after I got married, what that was going to do to my wife and our future together. And yeah, and, and so uh, I, I got into the Army National Guard in the year 2000, um, actually before September 11th. So it was it was interesting to, you know, be a part of that and then see how things drastically changed. You joined um, during peacetime, right? which, you know, a little bit of history for our younger audience who I know crazy did not. <laughs> it's true. We're, we're born after 9-11. Uh, and so now to go back and tell people, okay, this is how the world was. So when you signed up, explain to everybody in the world um, what the world was like at that time. Yeah, um, there was definitely a lot less fear. Um, we we were not at war at that at that time. There was no war on terrorism. Well, not to the extent that that there is now. Um, and it was just it was a different time in in our world. Mm -hmm. All right. So obviously, so we're setting the stage to let you know what it was like for John when he signed up, and so how shocking. And, and the overnight, when the world changed 9-11, mm -hmm. um, that changed your life. Right, right. And it, it actually took me a little while in order to feel like I was actually doing something about it. There were military units that, you know, left almost immediately after that happened and went to Afghanistan. And um, But it actually took me a couple years to have the opportunity to volunteer for a deployment to Iraq. And that uh, kicked off at the end of 2004. Mm -hmm. All right. And then tell me what you did in Iraq. Uh, so my, my, my job going over there was to be a supervisor in a um, communications operations center. Uh, but turns out when I got there, they also needed someone to lead a convoy team. So I ended up doing both of those roles. And you signed up for that. Right, right. 
Yeah, because you were initially, like you said, a communications kind of role. Mm -hmm. And then they said, hey, we need some people to help with it. Right. I knew that I could do it. And some of my soldiers were going to be on that team. And I and I knew that if I wanted to keep them safe, it, it needed to be me leading it. So. Mm -hmm. All right. And so tell me what happened then. Yeah. Um, so we were based out of um, Ford Operating Base Danger in Tikrit. And our battalion commander needed to travel from our FOB to other bases to check on her um, soldiers. And so it was transporting her and her staff. And it amounted to maybe two to three missions a week on average. And for all of us civilians who, when you say a mission, could you really describe that for me? What, what does that mean? Yeah, and it, it amounted to some, some prep beforehand, going to our intelligence officer and getting information on the route that we were going on, trying to figure out you know what things were, we were going to encounter, what had happened a few days before. Then I would write up a briefing and bring everybody together. We would have a quick briefing. We would check our equipment, and then we would mount up and go wherever we were So, headed. John, you saw combat then? Yes, and you said you went on uh, these convoys two, three times a week. So yeah, processing what you saw from one day to the next day, you didn't have a lot of time, a lot of turnaround. Right, right, right. And it would vary from seeing other convoy teams that had been attacked right before we had gone through that specific area, seeing IED blast holes on the side of the road that were pretty fresh, even to one one point, our our team got got hit ourselves, and thankfully nobody was hurt. But it disabled one of our vehicles to the to the point where we had to um, stop in place and secure the area until there were some other people that that came to help us. I'm trying to to to, to get my hands around this and what that feels like because you come up and, and you see people um, and your soldiers, other fellow soldiers, dead. Or are very much injured, and um, and then you've got to turn it around and do the same thing the next day, yeah. right? So how do you do? What what are what are our uh, men and women? How are they responding to that? How do they do that? Yeah, and I think the the best thing for us that we did at the time was just to push that stuff down. It's like it's not there. We're not going to think about it. We're not going to deal with it. After a certain point, that stuff catches up with you, um, and it it came out for me and for other people I've spoken with after we got home, right? Because you really don't have an opportunity to, to deal with any of that junk right in the moment. And so it starts bubbling up when oh, you get yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. And then if, if folks have had previous trauma from previous deployments, from even going back as far as childhood, that stuff just stacks on top of each other. And after a certain point, whatever you stuffed in there, it starts to spill out and you, you have no other choice but to deal with it. And I know everybody has their own different ways to try to keep that down, 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 down. Yeah. And yeah. so what, what were, what were your, your tactics to keep that down? Because I'm sure when it started bubbling up, you thought, no, 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 I'm the hero. I'm the soldier. I'm the tough guy. I got to keep it down. Right. Um, I think looking back on it, I could have chosen healthier ways to deal with it. In fact, one of the, one of the things that, that we talk about in our courses is the dangers of self-medication. Unfortunately, I chose uh, pornography and, and alcohol. Um, those were my go-to pain killers. To numb it. Yeah, yeah. To numb the pain. Because either I wasn't brave enough in the moment or didn't think I could 
unpack or deal with whatever was was going on. Well, I appreciate you um, telling me your story because the reason why I said, and before we even started recording, I said, John, I, I really want you to, to um, maybe feel comfortable telling where you've been mm-hmm. um, because you are not alone and, uh, and right. you suffered for a very long time in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you came across uh, Reboot Alliance and, and you found a place where you could say, me too. I, I have those same feelings. I'm numbing this pain that I can't get away from. So how did you then find um, Reboot Alliance and then let God heal those areas of your heart that you didn't even maybe want to acknowledge you had? Right? Yeah, that's a, it's, it's an interesting um, story. So towards the end of 2014, my wife and I were not doing well in our relationship and, and we were pretty desperate. We'd, we tried other things. I had, you know, tried to get help from different sources and really wasn't getting very far. And she did a Google search uh, and, and came up with, uh, with these two parts that were together, PTSD and healing. And she didn't even know that like that was a thing that could happen. And at the time, our, our, our nonprofit was called Reboot Combat Recovery. And so she found this organization online and she got a hold of the executive director. And at the time, there were only like five of these course locations that were even meeting. It was still really small. And so we wanted to uh, do this course where we lived in uh, Northern Virginia. And we got trained up on how to do the course and it met in our home. It, it was so impactful. And I knew that this organization had just, a, just an opportunity to grow and be better. Fortunately, I was listening to the Holy Spirit at the time too. And I ended up going to the executive director and pretty much said, hey, I want to work for you. Uh, Would you hire me? And he said, well, yeah, but we have no money to pay you. (laughs) So so I ended up, along with my wife and about 160 other people, we did a crowdfunding effort and raised my salary to cover it for the first year. And that enabled me to quit my job um, working at the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, quit that job and then uh, started working for Reboot. That was um, early to mid 2015. So I've I've been on staff since then, and it's been wonderful to see it grow. You know, we started out with a handful of courses, and we're now up to about 150 on three continents, which is awesome. What and that shows you the need. Oh yeah, that there's so many people suffering in silence. Right. And, right. and bottling it up and then it's bubbling over and then it's impacting, like you said, it impacted your wife, Sarah. And, Certainly. And then you got children involved. And, and um, was, was there a moment when you were going through um, Reboot Alliance, the curriculum, did you have like that, that one time that it was just like the light bulb went off and you could um, allow God to really grab a root in your heart? There are 12 weeks in the course, and each week we tackle a different topic. And one of the topics that was really impactful for me was the one that talked about identity. And that's something that a lot of people who wear the, the uniform encounter when they are not wearing it anymore. Because, and it's a society thing too, but, but more for folks that wear the uniform because it's, it's about what, what we do. And when we're not doing that anymore, there's this void. And that was how it was for me. I, I loved being a soldier. I didn't want to get out of it. And it turns out there was some physical issues that happened that came to light right after my deployment. 
and it got to the point where I was unfit for duty and was medically discharged. And that was crushing for me. I, I had no idea who I was at that, at, at that point. But the great thing about this course is that particular topic helps remind us that it's not, it's not what we do, but who God says we are. And so my identity was not in a soldier. It was that I was a child of God. Either I didn't really know that or I had forgotten it. And it was that that was a one of the turning points for me. Who you are. Yeah, right. And I love that, that you are a child of God and um, that's where your identity is in. Or whose who's I am. Whose you are. That's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that well, is it, is it hard or is it difficult or challenging um, for soldiers and first responders to come to a place to say, okay, now it's my turn to get help? That's a, uh, that comes along with the training that we go through. We're expected to push pain down and be independent and, and do all these things. But when we actually need help, it, it comes across to other people, or, or at least we think it does, as a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength when you're able to say, hey, I need help. And it, it also comes with part of the chain of command that or the climate that you work in. If it's not a safe place for you to speak up and say, hey, I need help. Um, and that, that actually gets modeled by the leadership. And um, yeah, so it's, it's really hard to break down that barrier. In fact, uh, week three in the course um, is all about how healing requires humility. We look at who David was and who Samson was, and we and we and we compare what their character was, and 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 how one had a close community and was open to, you know, getting what he needed, and the other one was like he was all on his own. I mean, we we know how that how that story goes. Right, right. Well, and it's uh, to remind ourselves that we were made to be in communion with others, right. that we need to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know that we need that. Uh, are they um, are they sometimes maybe fearful of repercussions from superiors? I mean, is there some kind of backlash in that? Uh, there could there could be, and again, that that comes down to the the culture not being open for them to to get help. But me as a as a, in a leadership role, um, I would much rather have one of my team members come to me and say, "Hey, I'm having trouble. Like, l- let me help you get." the assistance you need so you can get back in the fight so you can get back to work. But instead what's happening is folks aren't speaking up and then something bad happens when they're out on the road, when they're on a deployment, when they're at home. We need to have a different mind mindset and our leaders can set those examples. Other people can just start sharing their story and it, it gives other people permission to get the help they need. So it sounds like, John, you're saying that eventually one day that sometime it will come up like oh, it, it oh, yeah. you, there, there, there is a time where that bubbling it, it will it will it will it always it always does and is there um signs or um symptoms i mean I, i'm thinking about your wife sarah and she went on a google search so i know there was some stuff going on at home sure. for her to say okay i see something here so you know what did sarah see in you or what should we be looking for um, if we are married to somebody who's a first responder or married to a veteran or married to somebody that's in full-time um, armed services right now? Yeah. I mean, is there a common theme? Yeah. Um, 
there are definitely some post-traumatic stress type symptoms that that you can see things like uh, irritability, hypersensitivity, being alert, anger, isolation is another one, self-medication like like I mentioned earlier. Uh, so yeah, the, the, those are all things that we can definitely see. What is it like for the spouse or the family members um, of a person suffering from PTSD? Yeah, and I didn't really understand this at the time, but my wife and I have both received a lot of healing since then. And if you were to ask her, she would definitely say that there were things that she did that she thought were helpful, but actually enabled and enabled my poor choices and getting the help that I needed. But our loved ones don't always know how best to navigate that. They just want us to get better. So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. When I'm sure it's like relearning a different person because before the trauma happens and then after the trauma happened, it changes the person so dramatically. So you're trying to figure out who this person is that you're married to, you know? We're definitely not going to be the same, but what a lot of our folks will experience when they go through these courses is that they can, they can find joy and peace and purpose in their life again. It might not look like it was before the trauma happened, before the deployment, but um, there is something beautiful that can, that can come out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that um, there is hope. Yeah. There's yeah. healing, you know, that this is not where you have to stay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we tell folks like, don't pitch your tent in the valley. Like you need to go through the valley and come out on the other end. Well, and I'm sure, you know, going through that valley, like you just said, that means you're going to have to face things you don't want to talk about or feel things you don't want to feel. Sure. And that's, that's the importance of, of community. Um, that's, that's one of the great things that this course offers and isolation can't thrive when you're in community with other people. And isolation is one of the, one of the really dangerous things that I've fell into. And a lot of, a lot of folks do. And this course, um, focuses on the, um, healing for the entire family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how, how do you do that? How do you bring the spouses in and, um, and start having these difficult conversations that they're probably like, wait, what happened when you were in Iraq? You know, like I didn't know this. I right. Didn't. And that's a misconception that I think a lot of us think in ourselves is that either our family members can't handle knowing what we did or what we've experienced. Um, we want to protect them from that. And, you know, I've felt those things myself, but what that actually does is that puts up a wall of having an intimate relationship with our loved ones and being able to communicate effectively. And so we really encourage our veterans and first responders to bring their spouse, their family member, their caregiver with them to this course. So those off limit topics are no longer off limits. And, and it, we've actually seen relationships get stronger as a result of that, of being in the same room, um, because especially from a spouse perspective, and I, I know this cause my wife has, she just is so wonderful sharing her story. There were many times where I would mistreat her and she would take it personally that she did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it had more to do with me not dealing with my own junk and not getting the help that I needed, but going through this course with me, she was able to hear more of my story and to, um, you know, learn, learn more compassion and empathy for me and to learn that like it, it wasn't her fault. And that's, that's huge. 
And I'm sure being vulnerable in front of your wife, because I'm thinking about my husband, he wants to look strong and he's got it all together. Doesn't want me to worry about anything, especially not him. So yet again, it's just a place where you're going to have to come and be humble to be able to get healing. Sure. And inevitably when that vulnerability happens, that will strengthen the relationship. But most folks might, might not see it that way, but that that's really what, what ends up happening. Well, and that's what's so neat, um, John, is that you've come through it. Mm -hmm. You've been there. You've done that. You were um, National Guard deployed to Iraq, and then you were actually in Bosnia before that. Right, right. And you were a first responder. And uh, but then because you were willing to be humble before God and let him heal you Mm -hmm. and heal your marriage, you can say, okay, it works. Like, trust me, you're going to feel like very uncomfortable. You're going to be pushed um, to your limit, but it will, you will find healing on the other side. Just so everyone can can hear this, I did go kicking and screaming like it was it was not <laughs> something that I was like, yes, this sounds wonderful. But Let's then you it. relate even better to people because I'm sure you are. I'm sure that's probably the scenario, right. Right? right? Is that the scenario? The wife or the the husband's dragging the wife in, or vice versa. Part of my role within the organization is I get to see all the registrations that come in for our courses, and a lot of them are spouses because they are they are desperate for something, even as crazy as healing from a soul wound. If it if it will help my family heal, like let you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign us up. We're gonna do it, and it's really effective. Wow. All right, I want to talk to you because this is a 12 week course. Mm-hmm. On week six is an especially pivotal point in the program. Can you tell us why this is such a powerful lesson and yeah. what that lesson is? I kind of teased you. Sure. And now John's going to tell you what it's about. Sure. Um, it's when we talk about forgiveness. And this is a really big week for a lot of folks. It's a, another fork in the road. There are oftentimes either situations where we have had trouble forgiving ourselves or other people for things that have happened. Like explain that. Unpack that a little bit more. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just coming through it from as a civilian, I, you know, never, you know, been a first responder, never, you know, never boasted Floyd. So I don't understand when you say forgiveness, what forgiveness for what? So in the context of a, of a soldier, for example, if they um, were in a combat situation and they did something and it ended up hurting a teammate or something you know, something, something like that, they could, they could, after the fact, think that, that they did something wrong. It was their fault and they carry that around. And it really equates to like weight that they carry on their shoulders. Part of what we do during that week is we unpack that and learn that we were forgiven by God. And therefore we need to turn that forgiveness pass that forgiveness on either to ourselves or other people. Um, and so just really uh, forgiveness, letting that bend, then if I hear that right, for the things maybe you, that were done to you in, in combat or you, you had to do in combat to, to survive. Right, right. Yeah. And there are some really ugly things that happen on a deployment that, you know, are, are part of the rules of engagement, but we're not really taught how to deal with that after the fact. Um, you know, how, how we process that and how, and how we go on living when we've done something like, and that that's connected to that moral injury part, which is, you know, part of the course, but there's, there's an incredible exercise that we do at the end of this night. 
after we've unpacked things and they've written down whatever it is that they need to forgive somebody else or themselves for, uh, they get up in front of the group and they read whatever that is. And it could be just reading it out loud or they can say it in the form of a prayer. And then they tear this piece of paper out of their book and they either cut it up with scissors or put it in a shredder or if they're outside, we, you know, we throw it in a fire. And it's a, it's a way for them to say that out loud maybe for the first God, time maybe for the first time yeah yeah and, it, and, if, and if their spouse is there it could be something that their spouse is you know heard for the very first time and they just they release it and it's it's gone and um you know it it it's a it's a step in the right direction and that and that's why that week is so life-changing for a lot of folks well and john you know I've, just hearing you speak it, it reminds me how we always want to live and, and put keep things in the shadows oh, yeah. and god's always the one that's <laughs> shining his light for our own good no he knows how you um, are made he made you you know so he he knows you better than you know yourself and so he he um pursued you so that those things in your life john wouldn't stay and remain in the shadows and so now to look forward to say like, okay, I, I can, um, there is a purpose and then God's using my story for his glory to help other people come into the light. That, that's amazing. I know that you have um, been with this ministry for now a number of years. You have gone through this ministry and I'm sure you've built a lot of great relationships. Is, is there like one story of somebody that you, uh, that comes to your mind where you saw them just be totally transformed? So, you know, all of our courses are led by uh, volu volunteers, and uh, they're led by either veterans or first responders. Oftentimes, our leaders don't get to see the fruits of their labor. Um, they work really hard to, you know, get ready for the week's lesson, and they do outreach, and, and we, we oftentimes don't get to see whatever seed that we might have planted that week. But um, in those few opportunities, it is nice. Um, gentlemen, I'll, I'll call him Steve. In our last course, he was a um, supervisor for a, uh, um, he was a first responder in a supervisory role. And um, he'd been doing that work, you know, several years. He had all that trauma from being on the job, but also he had recently lost his teenage son. And for him to be there in that course with his wife was a huge step for him. But one of his subordinates was also in the course too and had his own stuff that he was struggling with and was there with his wife. And so it was amazing to see the changes that he had gone through and to be such a great example for somebody that was, you know, in his chain of command that, that was looking up to him. Um, and so like, that's what I was saying earlier that it, it's part of that, climate that we want our leaders to be vulnerable and to have space for people to speak up when they need help. And, and he was a, a great, a great example of that. That asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Right. Because right. he was there needing help himself. Yeah. And received help. Right. And received healing. It, it, now, this is a course that's offered um, everywhere. And you were sharing how he has grown and grown quickly because um, because of this great need, mm -hmm. All right? What is the vision that God's put on your heart for our state here in Georgia? Yeah. So right now we've got five course locations in Georgia. Two of them are the, um, are the combat recovery 
courses. We got one in Columbus, another one in Martinez. I think I said that right. Uh, and then our first responder courses, which, so the course names reboot combat recovery is the name of the course for veterans and their families. And then first line is the name of the course for first responders and their families. And so we've got three first line courses, uh, coming Norcross and LaGrange, um, starting early next year, we've got, uh, two more combat recovery courses starting in Fayetteville, which is where I live. And then another one in LaGrange. So uh, if somebody's listening and the, you listed a town, but their town's not listed on that list, all right, what should they do to get um, a, a study like this in their church, in their community, and, and how can you grow? Yeah, uh, they can go to our website, RebootAlliance.com. And there's um, lots of information about how to register for a course that's already existing. And there's lots of info about how to start one and your community. All right. So RebootAlliance.com. All right. Now, I'm not going to let you leave without you speaking first to maybe that soldier, that veteran, or the first responder. I just really want you to speak to their heart. Yeah. Um, because you've been there, you've done that, and there is healing. They don't have to stay in that valley, like you said. Right, right. I would say that if you're at a place where you've tried other things that aren't working and you see the writing on the wall, that um, that your marriage is failing or you are starting to lose control at work, give this a shot. It might be a little strange. You might have no idea what a soul wound is. You might not even know that your soul might be wounded. But if, if we think about our body being made up of a mind, body, and soul, uh, trauma can definitely affect all three. And so I would just encourage you to give this a shot. And if, and if, and if you're a spouse, check into this. It is, it is worth it for your family to go, to go through it. And you, you don't have to suffer, and you definitely do not have to suffer alone. Right, right. Well, check it out. John, I appreciate your uh, willingness to, um, to share, uh, I'm sure, topics of your life that um, are very difficult. And I appreciate your being willing to do that, not um, so that we can say good for you, John, but so we can say what a great God that we serve. Oh, yeah. Certainly. And that he, he um, will pursue you and he will be relentless so for our good. Yeah. And yep. so I appreciate that. So, you know, if you um, have a family member or you yourself need help, um, check this out. It's RebootAlliance.com, mm-hmm. and um, you can get in touch with John there. And if you got any problems uh, getting connected, you can always reach out to me on um, any of the social media platforms. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, at The Jewel Show, and I will make sure to connect everybody together. Thanks for having me today. Definitely my pleasure.